had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. I'm in love with Could you. make me be true. Snap out of it. Could make me be true. The magnificence that comes out of your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. You're lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and uh, we are now continuing the sports romance miniseries. We just did Rocky and Creed last month, and now we're doing Jerry Maguire, the 1996 movie from Cameron Crowe, starring uh, Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., Regina King, a, a lot of a lot of great people. Bonnie Hunt, oh my gosh! Um, and uh, with me here is the co-host of the podcast, Real Spoilers, uh, Joe Batiste. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Thank you for um, having me on. Oh man, it's a pleasure. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I've been you off mic that I've had your two co-hosts on the podcast, and they were uh, they're wonderful i love real spoilers thank you so much thank you i you know I, you, you did this in the right order i'm the last one that should go like the other the other two uh, i gotta tell you tom and kevin have uh, tom especially has just an encyclopedic memory of yeah film and all kinds of stuff i'm just kind of the guy that loves movies like yeah well you know. that's you know that that's the only requirement that i have so oh, good, I'm good, very, good, I'm very good. happy you're here <laughs> and talking about i think one of like you know the classic sports movies of i mean the 90s my childhood i mean it's one of those yeah. like movies that you know i i feel like i don't remember like watching it in full as a child or like sure, sure. there's always one of those where it's like okay yeah it's on like tnt and you watch it and like <laughs> I knew absolutely is a tnt staple you're absolutely yeah but right. it's like you, yes. I, you know all the lines and you know all the things um but uh what's your history of jay mcguire the first time you saw the movie so it's it's weird, right? Like, so this came out in ninety six. I believe six. Okay, yeah. so I would have been. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, sure. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> thirteen, like thirteen or fourteen, and I was in that that phase where anything that had like the Hollywood sheen, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't want to watch <laughs> it, right? Because you know you had. In 94, you had Pulp Fiction, and there was kind of like this, um, I, I don't know, not a, not a under, not a, like a, like an underswelling, but like, I was, I was trying to watch more independent stuff. It's, yeah. it's the age of the mom and pops video store or, and Blockbuster is starting to like take over, but you could still go down. And, but so I was, I was watching a lot of like, um, straight to video stuff or stuff that I couldn't see. So, and I, uh, this might be a, you know, a controversial topic. If you listen to real spoilers, you know how I feel about Tom Cruise. Yeah, uh, I am not a fan at all of him uh, in the in the, in his personal life. Uh, right. I think it, he is undeniably a movie star, yeah. without question. There are I don't I don't know how many actors, um, even today can open a movie right like if you say it's a tom cruise movie i feel like you're almost guaranteed a hundred million dollars yeah i think so i actually did not watch this movie 
on the first run. I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't see it um, until much later. I was, you know, uh, as a, <laughs> a cis white male, there was a girl I was seeing that wanted to watch the movie. And I was like, oh, fine. I'll yeah. watch Jerry Maguire. And I remember getting about halfway through it. And I was like, God damn it. This is a good movie. <laughs> like, you know, it's. Yeah. The performances are pretty great. I think that you were right about the cast. Like, it's unbelievable. The people who are in this movie, like it's uh, and this is. It's a weird thing to say, but this is kind of the end of Cuba Gooding's career. Right, like he gets yeah. the Oscar for this for his best supporting actor. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then like he d- men of honor, which I highly recommend with Robert De Niro is fantastic. And then that's kind of it. He's doing like snow dogs and uh, weird, like, you know, the the guy was on the verge of being a superstar. And then I don't know what happened there. And then he plays OJ Simpson, which was really good. If you haven't seen that. I have. And I was, I remember that was sort of a, you know, comeback. It absolutely for was. him yeah. or a comeback, you know, role. But I don't know if he ever capitalized on that either like i don't know what you did after that because no i think because i do i think i mean men of honor which is um it's it's the story about i believe like one of the first african-american like navy deep sea divers yeah um so he did radio in 2003 men of honor in 2000 uh outbreak which yikes uh in 95 so like jerry Maguire is kind of like yeah that that's it that's the that's the tip top. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like you kind of, you know, win, like you win the Oscar for like your breakout movie. And then yeah. where do you go from there? You know, like it's really hard, I think, to to like springboard from like the highest know, achievement true. an actor can look at um, look at Halle Berry. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, yeah. and, she, and I think she is still a, a very uh fun actress to watch but for whatever reason after monsters ball you know uh she was doing x-men and john wick movies yeah yeah gothica which the less we talk about that the better (laughs) (laughs) tnt movie for oh yes yes and i think that's time that's robert downey jr like yeah before he gets clean yeah yeah i think uh what about you What, what is what is your like yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of those movies, like I said, like you, it was on TV a lot. I remember watching it. I'm sure we rented it. Um, I definitely did not see it in theaters. I was seven years old. Um, right, you don't need to rub that in. That's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but it was one of those things where like, it just feels like a constant presence, right? When like yes. for movies, like it's one of those, like, this is one of like the movies in the 90s and like along with stuff, I mean, yeah, you know, like Titanic's on another level, but like agreed. Yeah, you know, um, like as good as it gets. I mean, especially for for me, like, also starring Cuba Gooding like, Jr. as a man. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially for me as someone that likes romance movies, that like these movies just kind of felt like you know, like Pretty Woman, My Best Friend's Wedding. Like these are all sure. just like the movies to watch. You know, that like I remember half remember know the famous lines, know the famous scenes, know the costumes and stuff, but never actually like sat down to like watch. And it wasn't really until I was an adult that I actually watched it like as to like watch it, watch it and like actually pay attention and like 
know the context of all these, you know, seeing the lines that I haven't half remembered from, yeah. you know, like playing while it was on TV or whatever. Um, but, and I, I, it really struck me, especially when I watched it now, I mean, I'm kind of glad that we're talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. is that like, I really did not, um, I didn't really appreciate like how much he was almost the second lead of the movie and how oh, much like that time, relationship was yeah. between him and Jerry is like actually like the center part of the movie. And like, I think the romance of course is very prominent, but it, it didn't really hit me until kind of watching as an adult and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like he's actually like a major part of like a much more major part of the movie than I had really remembered. I- I think the three of them, it, it doesn't yeah. feel like you couldn't, you know, sometimes when you, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but sometimes you could take a supporting actor or actress and you could take them out of the movie yeah. and you don't lose a whole lot. Right, right. Right. Where I feel like with this one, with the three of them, you, if you kind of remove any um, relationship, like between, Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger or Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding Jr. Like if you take any of that out, you lose the magic. Like this, this becomes a very not enjoyable movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I think seeing the three of them and then as I was watching, what I appreciated is I feel like in movies like this, where you've kind of got like the hot shot, you know, uh, person whether it's a doctor like this one whether whether he's a sports agent things like that there's a personality to that character that that has to change yeah right like there's a turning point where they're at the lowest low and they realize they can't live their life without this person and that happens in this as well but i was thinking i was thinking about the scene um when jerry and uh dorothy hook up for the first time and he walks out in the morning and bonnie hunt is just given him the shit and yeah. obviously they don't know that he's there and you know Re- Dorothy Renee Zellweger's character says that she loves him for the man that he is the man that he's going to become blah, blah blah and the way he walks out and I think in a, in, a, in a movie a lesser movie Jerry just walks out of the house right like right. he doesn't say anything he's going to be a dick he walks into that kitchen he gives Bonnie Hunt a little bit of guff in return and then he sits down with um I wish I could remember this kid's name. The seven pound head kid. Jonathan oh, Nikki. Yeah, I love Nikki. Yeah. Um he sits down with him, has Apple Jacks, and has a you know, and looks at Renee Zellweger. And they have a mo- and it, like I appreciate that like at this character's core, he's a good dude. Yeah. You know, he there is a character switch where obviously he has to admit that he loves Dorothy and he loves the kid and he loves this this new family that is forming but it's not too far off the beaten path for him like it's yeah. it's always there even even in the very beginning when they see each other at the airport and he helps Jonathan Lipnicki like off the carousel off the off the the baggage carousel like even there like oh like he's a good dude yeah like, he's yeah. a you know so i i appreciate that and this is pre Tom Cruise losing his ever loving mind. This well, is... I mean, we'll we'll get into that. But I, <laughs> um, I what I find so interesting about this movie is that I feel like he kind of has his character arc like in the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Yes, you're totally right. You're totally and then right. And the rest of the movie is about him living up to that. 
Yes. Which is so interesting. And I think a really smart choice because um, as you're saying, like there's a version of this movie where he's like the jerk agent for two hours. And then, yeah, like he has low, he has his low point at the end and then he has the realization, but you know, there's like a whole movie between like the first, before he even meets Dorothy feels like, or like at the airport. And, um, but even, but even when he's at the airport, right, he sees Dorothy, he knows her name. He's not dismissive of her. He's trying to help her find her kid. Yeah. So like even in that, in in that moment, he's not, you know, I think in a movie, it, it, maybe in a, in a mid to early 2000s movie, he completely dismisses her. Yeah, exactly. And like, Where here he does not. Right, because she's like, so she's mousy. She's not like, you know, a- uh, Avery Bishop. She's not like Kelly um, Preston. Kelly Preston, yeah. Uh, I just remember the, the name Avery Bishop because I think that's Elizabeth <laughs> Banks' name in, um, or it's Avery Jessa, but it's something very similar. And I was like. In what? In Thirty Rock, um, oh Elizabeth Banks, it's a fine yeah, movie yeah Elizabeth Banks. Well. So I, yes. I was I, I kept thinking about her watching this movie. I don't blame I, you. I think it's pretty much the same, the same name. I but... could absolutely see a remake of this with Elizabeth Banks yeah. without question. Yeah, without yeah. question. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really, I, I, I guess like my I wanted to talk to you about like Cameron Crowe. Like, what's your? Oh, let's like, talk about it, my dude. Because like I feel like everyone. I feel like you're kind of like a, a music person. That's me. That's kind of, yeah. Right. Like you, like, I am. I, yes. Music is, is a big part of my life. Like, yes. Very much. I so. don't, I feel like you do it for work or, or, or is that, sorry. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a police officer, but, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but, but um, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. The music I thought you in... worked at like a music hall. Maybe that was another. Uh, so post. I did security security. Yeah. 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 I did at a, at a major, like a, arena here in town i did right. yes okay but yes music has always been uh, a massive part of my life and i feel like cameron crowe's movies like always kind of come with like i mean the uh-huh. the credits for the songs in this movie were like five minutes he was james he was james gunn before james gunn yeah. james gunn was um but yeah like what are your like cameron crowe like uh, oh my like, gosh like, your favorite movies from him and uh, can I say that all of them? Well, that's not true. Not all of them. That's definitely not true. Um, I. It's funny. I actually, John Cusack was supposed to come to St. Louis and do uh, a, Q, a watch along and a Q and A for Say Anything. Oh wow! And I they they postponed it until March. But like uh, when they announced that Say Anything, I think is one of the greatest romantic comedies. And I use that. You know, I think I think it is a comedy. But yeah. Um, I. I think Cameron Crowe has one of the most I I'm hesitant I I'm hesitant to ref, like compare him to John Hughes. Mm-hmm. If you are you do you, are you a big John Hughes guy? Uh no, I'm not. Okay. One of the one of the things that John Hughes was able to do is he is he was able to RIP because unfortunately we lost him mm-hmm. a while ago. Um John Hughes has all was always able to capture real people and everything he wrote, everything he directed, everybody felt real. And I think Cameron Crowe is very much in that world. Say anything singles, Jerry Maguire, almost almost famous, which to me is like it. Yeah. Like that, that is that that's his, his godfather. Um, 
you know, there's there's some hiccups along the way. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Vanilla Sky guy. I don't really like that. Um, and obviously, Aloha kind of whoops um, is a is a is a hiccup. But I mean, up until Almost Famous, which I think is 2001, 2000, something like that, the dude doesn't miss. Um, and I think his voice is just so unique in that he like i said he's able to capture realness which i don't think happens very often anymore i think everybody kind of feels like a character yeah um yeah i definitely um i definitely do agree with that i mean i really like um hello yeah i'm here okay sorry um i really like say anything Um, say anything's amazing john q is one of my favorites yeah, I mean John Cusack. I mean, like, I, is such a such a phenomenal performance, and I feel like that movie. I feel like that movie gets misremembered a lot because, like, sure. it's a really like. I feel like people remember that like the boombox, you know, and they think it's this like kind of like flighty rom com, but I think it's a really serious movie, and it's a really oh. interesting look at like male empathy and male like m- like mat- like maturity. I think that's the thing that I like about his movies yeah. is the male characters for the most part you know i I think in almost famous you've got guys that are dicks that's kind of a given but yeah yeah um they're the male characters aren't assholes yeah right like they're they're just dudes that are trying to navigate a, a new relationship with maybe a girl who's out of his league and let's be honest even in this movie renee zellweger is out of jerry Maguire's league yeah just because she's a different she's not Kelly Preston. Right? Like she's not superficial. She's not she's just a she's a working mom trying to provide the best life for her son. Um and that is not something that Jerry is used to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean I like that he really pays a lot of attention. Cameron Crowe pays a lot of attention yeah. to like what it means for like men to like grow up and like yes, what yes. it means for like men to like step up and actually like that's a great that, like that's, that's great one call. thing about say anything is that like i feel like i own sky is for me like the main character of that movie and sure. john cusack is like learns to like be the shoulder for her and like how to like you know navigate that relationship and in terms of like how he can support her while she's going through this thing with her dad, you mm-hmm. know, John Mahoney. And I feel like that's sort of like Jerry Maguire as well. And I mean, I, I'm a big fan of We Bought a Zoo. I mean, I know it's kind of a silly movie. We've made jokes about it all the time, but yeah, sure, sure. I think it's a really cute movie. And I, I think it's kind of a lesser version of like what this movie and, and Almost Famous and Say Anything are doing. But is that Matt Damon? That's it's Matt, Matt Damon right? and like Scarlett yeah. Johansson and Al Fanning and, you know, they buy yes, a zoo. Yes, yes. And but it's like another thing of like, stepping up for your family and like actually like you know thinking beyond like your own experience which i think is something that a lot of men myself included have trouble with oh I, you know? brother, you're preaching to the choir my friend <laughs> so i i i really appreciate and like i feel like tom cruise in the 90s was such a great poster child for this kind of thing because you know my experience of tom cruise you know in the 90s was like he's like the guy you know he was the guy you know he was like yep 
he was relatable. He was handsome. He was funny. He was like serious, like a few good men, another, you know, family favorite movie that we've all watched a thousand oh, times. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. We, if you good man, if you put that on, we're all going to sit down and watch it for however long it is. <laughs> Even you, as okay, a child, so in, I was, we watched that movie all the time. In that movie, who do you pay attention to more? Like I, I for me at least, I've always paid attention. Like I always pay more attention to Jack Nicholson. As, as an adult, it's Jack Nicholson because, like, sure. you know, that's like a great you know performance, and you know he takes over. And like I, but like Jack Nicholson scared me when I was a kid. <laughs> um, he still because of the Joker sometimes or because of Jack Torrance. Uh, but mostly, mainly Fair. the. Sh- it was, I don't think I even saw The Shining as a kid, but just knowing sure. that that was a scary movie and that he was in it, it was, it was enough <laughs> to be like, oh, okay, who's this guy? And then, of course, Stupid Men. But I, I think, like, when I was a kid, it was like Tom Cruise was like, he saved the day. You know, he's like, he's super smart. You know, he that, that's his thing. And I think, yeah. like, it, it's so funny because, like, you know, I watched Dead Reckoning this summer. Like, well, I guess oh, like, my gosh, people did. What a movie. And I liked the movie, but then, you know, I watched the first Mission Impossible which comes out around the same time as Jerry Maguire. Uh, yeah, I think you're like, right. Like either like a year or two later. 96, no, it's ninety six. I'm looking at it right here. It come, so, yeah, it's ninety six. Um, and I'm like, wow. Like I remember when Mission Impossible were like real movies with like actual like suspense <laughs> and a story and characters and not just like a vehicle. It's, it's like he, hard to watch. Man, the, they uh, is it four? Is it three or four? I think four is like Mission four is where with Macquarie, right? That's the first yeah, one with Chris Macquarie. I like that is when Tom Cruise stops being a real actor. <laughs> it, it's and, you know, I'm actually, it's funny. I'm looking at his IMDb now, and I, I, for whatever reason, I feel like there was a hiccup, and there really isn't. You know, he does Eyes Wide Shut, which you know is what it is, and that's Eyes Wide Shut is ninety nine. Yeah, and then Vanilla Sky, which I think is not a good movie, and I you know that's that's on me but he you know the last samurai is a solid flick collateral is incredible yeah um tropic thunder valkyrie which the less the less we say about that the better uh night and day which i think we've talked about on the on real spoilers yeah. is underrated like it's uh, yeah, an underrated like little action flick yeah um and then he does jack reacher and oblivion and edge of tomorrow and then we're into well okay maybe not the mummy but that's you know, you can't. I mean, like he—it's not that he makes bad movies, but it's like he'll—I he, don't think he's ever going to do like a Jerry Maguire or an Eyes Wide Shut or a Magnum. Probably not, you know. And it's like he's, you know, like he's so—he's like not just charming in Jerry Maguire, but like it's a really like strong performance in my opinion. And yes, it is. And I'm just like, okay, let's get back to that. You know, <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop being the, the Tom Cruise. You know, I think of that. I think of that scene um, when he's, is he, is he talking to the, do we know that either the guy that got hurt in the hospital? Yeah. I, I think but, it's, um, but he, is he a hockey here? player? Steve Remo? Is that it? Yeah. Either, either way, the guys, he's in yeah. a neck brace. He can't remember yeah. his name. And there's a moment when like, you know, he's jerry's walking outside in the hallway and he runs into his kid this this you know this kid this guy's kid and the guy's kid is like look you know is my dad okay and he's like you know your dad's gonna be great and rather than caring you know in that moment the kid basically tells him to fuck off because his dad you know he's looking at his dad who's his you know this kid's hero and he's in a neck brace and he's all messed up and the kid feels like jerry isn't paying any attention to 
his health and he's always worried about is that paycheck and just yeah. the way that Jerry played. I think to me, that's the turn, right? Like that's yeah. the moment when Jerry Maguire is like, Oh, we need to focus more on. I don't like when 10 year old kids give me the middle finger is kind of, you know, uh, so yeah, that, I, I think that's the turn and the way that he plays that I think is really smart. Yeah. It's like he, he could play it like he, you know, waves it off or he just goes about his day, but he does have a moment where he's, um, taken aback by that kid, and that's when the mission statement comes out. Oh, Jay Moore's in this movie. We forgot Jay Moore. That. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, that's Drake Bell as a little boy. No, it's not. Yeah, are you serious? I'm I, I'm looking at it right now. That's hilarious. I had no idea. Yeah. Hey man, we all got to start somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's wild. Um, that's wild. It's one of those things where it's like, I, you know, you think that like that kid is just some random actor that, you know, whatever. And then sure, now he's sure, like, sure. he's Drake and Drake and Josh. Not that I like watch Drake and Josh, but like, I think you might be tipping your hand, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, and again, it's like, it's, 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 it's that camera crow thing of like, that's going to be the turning point, not like, okay, whatever, this kid, and then he reflects on it, you know, at the end of the movie, but it's, it's like, sure, you know, like, sure, this sure. actually has something and it actually, like, creates this change in him. And that's what I really appreciate about um, Kim and Crow is that, like, these big moments actually matter and yes. create change in the movie, even if it's, like, the first 20 minutes. Which, I mean, in, to what you said earlier, is they just... The, what they did is they flipped it, right? Mm-hmm. Like they give you the change in the beginning and they let that let Jerry Maguire sit with that and change yeah. with that rather than, you know, like we said before, is where they hit you with it with the last 15 and then it's you get, you know, he's sometimes these characters, like if they're dicks throughout the movie, there should be a moment where they don't get the girl. They don't get to be happy because they've been dicks the entire time. And just because you have this moment of clarity doesn't mean all of that should be forgiven. Where I feel like in this one, you're he's allowed to get the girl. He's allowed yeah. to have you know, to have that moment because he has worked at this change. And there's going to be hiccups along the way that goes without saying in any sort of relationship or personal growth. But he does change and you get enough of that character and enough of that change to accept the fact that he he's a you know he's a good dude basically yeah i i agree and um it's something i always think about with you know like these with a lot of like romantic comedies where like it's like battle the sexes or yeah. you know he's like the you know jerk playboy and stuff and i'm like what is this that like a woman see in the sky <laughs> You know, it's funny you bring that up. I was just talking about I think Crazy Stupid Love is one of the greatest romantic comedies ever made. I think yeah. it's a perfect movie. Um and it's interesting to because Ryan Gosling is kind of that jerk guy, but he also is so fucking endearing and like and and Emma Stone kind of knows the score with him. Yeah but he does change with her and he doesn't really do it. You know, by the time we get to the, I'm not going to spoil it, but by the time we get to the, that, that ending scene at the house, Mm -hmm. 
like that character, Steve Carell, the way he feels about that character is the way Steve Carell should feel about that character, knowing who he is. Right. But he doesn't see how, but he doesn't see how he is with this other person. Yeah. You know? So I think like, it's a, it's a really smart way to start to let him be like the playboy jerk. But also you don't feel like, Oh man, fuck that guy. Like he should, yeah. you know, he yeah. shouldn't win at the end, but he kind of should win at the end. Also, He's I mean, Ryan very, Gosling. very. Like, it's a fine. How do you do with Ryan Gosling? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very, very few actors can toe that line. Yes, and Ryan Gosling can absolutely do it. And I think Tom Cruise in the '90s could do it. I mean, I'm sure he's without still question. Now, yes. But you know, in the '90s, he could because there's this side, like they have this like inherent, like they have this inherent sweetness. Where I wonder, you know, what's the act? Is it the like? The, sure. like hotshot agent is the act or is the nice guy the act and i feel like the nice guy is the real person and he puts on the act of being this like hotshot because he's in this cutthroat world and he has to yeah and it's, it's the, also uh... like he gets wrapped up in his in his work so much because you know it's he you kind of have to otherwise you're like all of his clients leave him except for rod when he right. like and, man that's that scene with jerry jerry o'connell yeah and and Bo bridges who is the the bridge the bridges brother that i think gets left behind sometimes <laughs> um when when jerry picks up the phone and it's jay moore on the other end and he realizes that bo bridges has kind of screwed him over uh because you know if you haven't seen the movie jerry o'connell a very young jerry o'connell yeah um plays like this is he a quarterback uh he's like yeah. he's a hot shot football guy yeah. he's, he's gonna be the number one draft pick he's gonna make a shit ton of money uh, and he's Jerry's client. Well, in the process, after Jerry gets fired, um, the this family kind of go behind goes behind his back and kind of fires Jerry without telling him. And uh, you know, I, it, when you're talking about that, this the cutthroat world, like that's what we're looking at is these guys are you know undercutting each other. I don't. Know, do you ever see Ballers with The Rock? No, but you know, I didn't. I didn't I'm not watching it because I've heard like people actually are, are enjoy that show. It is the rock is not doing the rock thing. Okay. That's like, refreshing. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Um, it feels very similar to Jerry Maguire okay. in that he's an, he's an agent who is trying to, he's a former football player as a, now he's a sports agent. He's trying to get this agency off the ground and get himself running, but it is, it, it's fun to watch the rock not be um you know what was jumanji or get black adam like he gets to be like kind of the dwayne johnson and it's i I do highly recommend it it's very good but it is very reminiscent of jerry Maguire. okay yeah um yeah and i i I really do appreciate how much like this like how much we can actually see Jerry Maguire like try and fail to like live up to his mission statement, you know? And yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's like this up and down thing where he's, you know, really like he's, he's dialed in, he's focused on his relationships. And then there's times when he really gets more focused on like the money. And then like, you know, I mean, going back to the, the romance, like I really appreciate it when I was watching it, like how much this romance plays so unconventionally where, they get married sure. really fast and then they break up and then it's like 
all this is happening. And, um, but in a way that doesn't feel too, at least not to me, it doesn't feel too like convoluted or contrived. It feels like somewhat. No, I you think know, you're absolutely natural. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it does feel very natural. I think, you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to speak for you. I've definitely been in relationships where the feelings are ramped up to 11. Yeah. Excuse me. Very fast. Mm-hmm. Right. And that tends to fizzle out because, you know, sometimes that's just the way it works and it's not anybody's fault, but it's just like sometimes two people um, hook up. And I don't mean that in a, in a sexual way. I just mean like, yeah. you know, link up and everything is firing on all cylinders. And then that burns really bright, really fast. And then that's it where I feel like in this one, it is kind of like that, but rather than have rather than like that fire go out, it just kind of smolders, you know, and yeah. then it, it, it's easily reignited when he comes back and he's uh um when oh man that that man hating divorcee women group <laughs> <laughs> I love when he walks it's great no it's fantastic I think they're great um but when he walks in and obviously does the you complete me speech in front of everybody you know like it's it's that moment where that spark between the two never really went away and i and and i think that's a testament to both of them because they you know sometimes you have i'm trying to think if there's been something recently where you have these two romantic leads and it's just not working like the chemistry is not there yeah there was there was something we watched that we had done on the show that like the two characters were, were supposed to be together and it just did not click and i can't uh, the first one, it's so weird. The first one that comes to mind is Superman Returns. Okay. Oh, for whatever the, reason. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the Brian, the, the, the man with Brandon Routh speak one. of. Yeah. Yes. There we, yeah, there we go. The Brandon Routh one. Yes. Um, but Kate Bosworth and Brandon Routh as Superman and Lois does yeah, not it's work. It's awkward. It's very awkward. Very yeah, stilted. Um, but then I think about uh, as a, I, I'm sure as, Maybe your listeners know, and you know, I'm a superhero guy. So, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst in Spider Man is electric. Yeah. Because they're together in real life. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield is electric. You know, Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah. Zendaya, Zendaya. I, I, th- I like, think Zendaya. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is a, is like palpable. You can feel yeah. that because they're, that they were, when at the time of filming, they were a real life couple. And I obviously I don't think I think he was probably married to Nicole Kidman at this point, right? Ninety six, probably, yeah, probably. But you still feel, you know, like I, yeah, I, I actually just rewatched this today, and I'm thinking of that scene of them in the park uh, with the little kid, and you just feel it. You feel, and it's not just them; like you feel that emotional connection between the two of them which makes everything real and that's what i think that's another testament to cameron crow is i think he is able to make you feel for these people that aren't real right yeah these aren't real people but you feel you you want them to succeed you want them to be together but you also can feel like the love for that they have for each other and it's interesting i i kind of dig that you're doing romance and sports because I can't think of another thing that is more romantic than sports. 
Okay, I would love to hear about that because I'm, so, I'm loving this take. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something. Okay, uh, what what part of the country are you in? Uh, Maryland. Okay, so what is your? Do you have a sports team for you? I mean, I so the thing with that me is that I don't like sports, but I like sports movies. Okay. But our okay. family, okay. we are a Redskins slash Commanders. Yes. Okay. You know, team. Gotcha. That was always our, you know, that's a, that's what we would watch the most. Yeah. Do you have a baseball team? I guess the Orioles would be. You, our, do you know who? Do you know who the Orioles used to be? No. The St. Louis Browns. Oh wow. Yeah, we had two teams at one point. Played in the World Series as well. Oh wow. Uh, but so okay, so in St. Louis, which is where I am, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. There is sports are a massive part of most of our lives. Yeah. You've got the Cardinals and who are the, the baseball team. You've got the St. Louis blues who are the hockey team. We don't have a football team anymore. Um, but I was raised playing sports my entire life. So there are moments when you're watching real, I don't mean that. And when you're watching sports where, you know, um, one of the thi- okay, so I I'll, I'll give you a homework assignment. How about this? Okay. <laughs> In the 2016 World Series, the Cardinals are down uh to you know, we're we're in the we're we're on the verge of elimination. In the bottom of the 7th, we are down, we're going to lose. Like there's there's no question of maybe it's the ninth. Either way, we come back and we tie it. And then we <clears throat> we lose the lead the next inning, and then in extra innings, David Freeze hits this walk off home run that sends us to Game Seven, and then the card spoilers the Cardinals win, like we were on the verge of elimination. We come back and we win. There is something about that that mm-hmm. is just you can't des- I can't describe it. Like it, it is to watch this to watch a team that you've rooted for almost your entire life. Now, granted. The Cardinals win all the time, not right now because they suck. But we're we're only we're we're behind the Yankees in World Series title wins. Now, granted, the Yankees have like nine thousand and we have twelve, but we're still number two. Damn it! Yeah. Um. So there. I, I, so go back if you can find it. You can find it. It's very easy. Look, uh, you. It's magical to watch. Uh, the Cardinals 2016 uh, World Series run. It's magical. In 2019, the St. Louis Blues, who have never won a Stanley Cup, <clears throat> which is like the big um, championship in hockey, they go on another the, uh, another magical season, and I'm uh, it's their memories associated with sports that I will never forget. I'm sitting at like a uh, in like a lodge with my one of my best friends, mm-hmm. uh, movie boyfriend, Brian Spath. If you listen to real spoilers, we were sitting there. It's the, it's, it's, he and I are both massive hockey fans sitting there with him. And we're watching history when the blues win the Stanley cup for the first time. Wow. And it's just like, it's, you know, I, I remember exactly where I was when Mark McGuire hit number 62. Like I'm sitting in my mom and dad's house on this wooden, I'll never forget it on a wooden chair, at a weird angle watching the TV as he breaks uh, Roger Maris's home run record. So I, I think that, okay, here's another prime example. <laughs> it's just like all of these memories that are tied to sure. sports. 
Um, my daughter was born in 2011. The Cardinals win the World Series that year as well. So I'm sitting there. We another thing where we come back. My daughter is probably six months old. Me and my buddies are sitting in the basement. The Cardinals take the lead. We all freak out. Wake my daughter up, of course, because that's what we were doing. And so I have to go upstairs, pick up my daughter, and I'm cradling her, trying to get her to back to sleep, sitting mm-hmm. like I'm sitting on the basement steps where it's like the smallest of small triangles of like trying to watch this game while I'm yeah. trying to like jostle <laughs> a six month old. And then, of course, he somebody hits another home run and we win and I freak out and I wake her up again. And it's just but it's so, you know, like I just think, yeah, I think sports and sports movies, I think sports movies do a really good job of capturing um that romanticism whether it's playing catch with your dad that you never got to do in field of dreams or it's uh pitching you know that one game I, i'll never forget i bawled my eyes out watching um the rookie with dennis quaid when he walks on that is it the rookie yeah i think so yeah yeah when he walks on that mound when he no i'm sorry when he has to call home and tell his son I'm going to the major leagues like that's a that's a punch in the dick and not in a bad way like it's it's so emotional um and I think a lot of movies I I love sports comedies as well like major league and yeah, yeah. And stuff like that slap shot sorry not slapstick um but when you're able to throw in some romance some like you know actual romance mixed with sports i think that when it's done right there's few things that are better do you have do you have like a you've been doing these for a little bit have you found one that you're just like god this is the perfect like romantic sports movie i mean you know i started the miniseries with rocky um it's a good one really good one you really can't go um much better than that because to me that is like the gold standard for you know movies like this um and i i mean i agree with you that i i I know sports has this like inherent drama and inherent romance to it and yeah those Mm -hmm. moments but to me like those moments feel more powerful like hearing you talk about it sure you know that that like communal experience that nostalgia that memory these like historical moments feel very powerful to me. And I think you're, I mean, the reason why I like sports movies is that like, yeah, it captures that. Um, And it feels like, yeah, like every, you know, even something like, you know, um, uh, (laughs) uh, fever pitch, you know? Okay. So I want to say there's a reason I don't pick that movie. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know the reason why? Yeah. I I think it's probably like Red Sox or whatever, you know, because the Cardinals lose. Oh, my right. my home team loses at the end. Of, do you, have you have you heard the story of that? Do you know? Um, I don't want to get. I, I don't want to ruin it. But I well, I'm not covering that movie anymore. Those miniseries because okay. um, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon have both been canceled. The, uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to talk about them. So um, I will say that. So that was filmed here. That that ending sequence is filmed here in St. Louis. Uh-huh. And what they had done is they didn't think the the Red Sox were losing that game. That was game four of the 2004 World Series. And that year, the Cardinals destroyed everyone. We beat, it was an unbelievable season. The Red Sox came in 
after a seven game war with the Yankees and took it seven games and then came in and then just kicked the shit out of us. So that game four, um, I think the Cardinals were up and they sent, they were sending all of the crew home. They were sending, you know, Drew Barrymore, Jimmy, they were all there in the stadium. Yeah. And then it became very obvious that the Sox were going to do it. So they had to call everyone back at like the last minute and hopefully get everyone there. And that was the end of like the, the curse of Babe Ruth. Yeah. Like that was the first time the Red Sox had won a world series in like a hundred years or something. But yeah, it happens at my beloved St. Louis Cardinals expense. Uh, so fuck that movie and fuck those two people. Yeah. I mean, totally. Um, but I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't know that Jimmy Fallon got canceled. I didn't know. That. I mean, I feel like he's always like <laughs> canceled, uncanceled, you know? Um, sure, sure. Is this a, is this a writer's thing? Yeah, I mean, it's just okay, like I don't okay. want to talk about them. No, 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 that's fine. That's I, fine. I just I I knew Drew Barrymore. I didn't know if Jimmy Fallon. Had yeah, done like Fever Pitch is a movie that I watched a lot in high school and college. Like, it's one of those like romantic comedies that just like I bought like the three dollar sure. used DVD and just watched it over and over. And so I have a lot of love for that movie. Um, that's fair, but uh, I don't feel like praising those two people. <laughs> on That's, air. I totally understand. I totally understand. Um, but I mean, like movies that like sports movies, that I feel very powerful. Like Ben Light Beckham is the one movie that like I watched so much okay. as a kid. I mean, that 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 was like one of like the like the major like Indian, you know, South Asian like oh crossover sure, sure, movies sure. that like were really like empower like popular here in america at least like when yeah. i was young um no it was I, I worked at a blockbuster from 2000 to, to the when they closed in 2013 yeah and that was a major renter all the time yeah all the time um and even like i mean like uh you know tom cruise again like the color of money like that's another sports movie that i mean i don't i don't billiards counts as sports but i'll count it, I'll it yeah it's definitely it. like that you know of course like you know field of dreams and league of their own like those are of course league of their like, own is amazing you know, have, you seen, um, have you ever seen Miracle? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's outstanding. Another, outstanding yeah. movie. Um, and so, like, I, I mean, like, I, I love those moments, and like, I always feel that sense of like, you know, like tension of like, okay, are, are they gonna like win or lose? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and like Jerry Maguire, it's the thing of like, is he gonna like make the you know the run or whatever, or the touchdown or whatever? Is he gonna get hurt? Yeah, is he gonna get hurt? And is you he gonna, and like. You know, uh, we didn't really talk much about like Regina King, but like her performance is so strong that like I felt really invested in their family and like wanting them to like get the um, you know get the yeah get the money so they can like survive and like be happy and like get what they deserve. And it's kind of interesting because I think that Rod, in his own way, has a a kind of a mirrored arc too of like not seeming so. I think they call him aloof in the movie of just like. I think you know, aloof like, is a good, that's a good term to use, you know, um, or just very like, uh, like, I feel like there's kind of this hint that like he wants money that he doesn't quite deserve or he doesn't like, he's not playing as well as he could. And so um, I I like that there's like this thing where like he has to grow as well. And like, yeah. is, and like, they're both fighting for their, you know, their families or, or you know, for their marriages too. And I, cause, I think, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I think like one thing that I really do appreciate about like sports music is seeing like like the the character stuff off the field, you know, and off mm-hmm. court, and seeing that like yeah, like these things like it's not just like stupid games where people can like get drunk in the stadiums. Like it's like <laughs> no, it's like real. And like this is somebody's life. Yeah, but like, yeah, like, you know, play, and like 
not only their life, but like also like probably the only thing they're trained for, you know, especially if they oh, go to, sure. if they go to college on a scholarship, like, you know, I'm sure that they have a degree or whatever, but like, this is what they know. And like, what's up, what's there for them after it's such a, I mean, that's such I, a question mark. I think that's a great point is that, that I don't believe is talked about is that these guys who are in the major leagues, that this is what, this is what they do, right? Like they, May not have had, you know. I I think of. Um, uh, do you know who Bryce Harper is? I don't think so. It sounds familiar. Okay. He's a he's like one of the top stars in Major League Baseball. He plays for the Phillies. Okay. Um, but there are all of you know. There's videos of him as a child playing baseball, like mm-hmm. in like the Little League World Series. So it's like this has been this kid's this dude's life since he was a child. Yeah. And to get to the major leagues. That is an incredible amount of sacrifice. That's an incredible amount of dedication, whether it's, you know, foregoing friendships or uh, anything, you know, there's just a level of dedication and loss that these major leaguers probably had to go through to get to that point that I don't think is always talked about, right? Like it's always about show me the money, pay me. I'm the superstar athlete, but like, what did they do to get there? Yeah. What did they put their body through to get there? Now, I'm not saying I am not a professional athlete. I am not even close to being like a, you know, but yeah, I'm know. playing playing sports my whole life. I have destroyed my body. Like I've got scar, I've got a scar that goes from my my knee like halfway up my thigh because I blew my quadricep off the off the bone. Oh, wow. I've had like eight concussions. You know, I've got Scott, you know, busting my face open and it's just, you know, um, do I regret it at 41? I sure as shit do. But in the, in the moment I was like, just get up and play, get up and go. Like that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and I'm not a professional athlete. I can only imagine what those guys, what their body yeah. is like, you yeah. know, I, I, what was the, I think of that scene. Is it Rocky? I think it's after the, I think. Mm, what's the one where he kind of like collapses in the shower? Oh God. Is that Rocky know. two? After, I think so. So after the first Rocky, they all kind of blend together. <laughs> <laughs> We've said before on spoilers that it's, they basically become superhero movies at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where he's fighting clever Lang and Hulk Hogan and the, I mean, and isn't there a robot Lang. somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> no, there's not, there's a, there is a, he doesn't fight a robot, <laughs> but there is a, there, he does have a robot in Rocky four. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Real steel. Real Steel <laughs> is amazing. Like if yeah. you've never seen that with Hugh Jackman, yeah. that's absolutely a sports movie. Real Steel is incredible. Um, I don't know. You listen to binge movies? Yes. Jason gave me the guff on uh, on on Real Steel, but I th- I think that movie is incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, I this this might be a little bit like controversial movie, I guess, or figure, but like I just watched I Tanya again in sort of this like Margot Robbie I mean I love the movie and like you know Tanya Harding whatever your thoughts are but like as a movie I really appreciate it and I you know the scene when she's in the courthouse and you know the judge is saying like you can't skate anymore Mm -hmm. um, it's like I really felt that like heartbreak of like yeah she has nothing else and she's like I will happily go to jail just let me skate Mm -hmm. and like um, and so I it really puts it puts into perspective of like how much 
everything is riding on this. And like, even like a small injury or a major injury can like derail an entire career and a life. Oh. And like they're, you know, who knows what, what they're, I mean, that's the, so. one concussion and your career yeah. is over, yeah. you know, like, especially, especially with what we know about concussions today, you take yeah. one bad hit and 20 years of your life are gone. Yeah. You know, like it, it's all for nothing. And I think uh, that's the scarier part to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I appreciate that like human part of sports and like the human part of sports movies too, where you can see like all this and, you know, and how, what happens on the field affects what happens off. And yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I really, I, I think this movie does a really incredible job of like, having all this character stuff while also being like very funny very light very like breezy it's not light in that it's like forgettable but just like it keeps the pace is so nimble it is very that, it's like, a, i think i think it's got a two hour and two hour like reason two I know. and a half yeah it's it's, it's 215 i think yeah but it but does not it moves it cruises yeah. no pun intended yeah um, <laughs> but it does it you know sometimes i we we talked about the whale on real spoilers uh, oh boy! Oh, you okay? Good. good. I never that's watched the, it. I, that's the response I was hoping I would get. <laughs> I chose not to watch that movie. It's I read slog. the Wikipedia. So I, I... that's good enough. That's all you <laughs> I feel need. Like I it's, got but it. It is a slog to get through. Um, yeah. Where I do feel like you know sometimes a movie can be three and a half. Avengers Endgame is a great example yeah. of a movie that is a three-hour movie does not feel like it. Yeah. You know, and I think. That's not an easy thing to do in 2023 when run times are outrageous. Um, you know, they have to find you. You've got to you've got to find that right formula to make everything move and not feel well, like I, I, I think what what Cameron Crowe does, which is like also what guys like James L. Brooks. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not guys, but like Nora Ephron, and like Nancy Myers, like that whole Rob Reiner, like that whole thing the 90s are like our movies like five acts they're over two hours and it's like a whole lifetime is in these movies and the pacing is really strong and it flows and it there's a lot of story and it's it's they're long but they don't feel long and they feel very much like here's an entire like story story yeah yeah it doesn't feel like dragged out yeah i mean He's another one that kind of fell off after the '90s, but he did, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, I, mean, I, I think he, uh, Cameron Crowe, Christopher Columbus, yeah, uh, you know John Hughes, Rob Reiner, uh, Frank Marshall, like these these guys were doing um, these. If you were to put like one of each of their movies into like just put them in front of somebody you couldn't tell that person couldn't tell you that they were different directors. Yeah. Right. Because they all kind of have that same vibe to them. Um, and I think that's something that we are missing right now. I, I do feel like that they're everything that they're, everything that is being put out. That's not fair. Not everything. Um, everything from a major studio. How about that? Is Yeah. <sighs> It's it's not always soulless, but I think a lot of it is. There, you don't get character pieces like this from a major studio right now. Yeah, it's tentpole after tentpole after tentpole. I'm just um, like looking at like my my letterbox of like, okay, what's come out that's that's on the same level, and like 
no hard feelings i guess kind of yeah and, i'll give you like, that one i really hard, enjoyed that a lot real relationships it feels like there's a whole story but even that has to be like an r-rated like ra- like it has to be marketed as like a, a raunchy comedy you know it can't yeah, be marketed right. as like here's a cute little relationship story with like i mean a movie star and like a book smart would you would you, yeah, would you book call smart books, yeah like you know, i think that was pretty fantastic i think um i think that it's a good pull as well and uh Megan, and, uh, Megan, Megan was definitely really no. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a it's not a girl in it all. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right. But, but yeah, and, it, and even like Jerry Maguire stars people on. I mean, I don't know how old Renee Zellweger is, um, but she's not like nineteen. You know, and no, no, I, I man, she must be in her thirty or like she must. Oh, be I think 30, she's probably she's like a her... real adult, and you know, she's yes, like a, I, a mother, and she's a professional you know she has she's not just like some young naive child you know it's like i feel like we don't get a lot of movies with like 30 year olds that's you know i think of you know who was doing that and has now stopped was judd aptow yeah and those were a little long in the tooth right like those you know i i think i think this is 40 and i think funny people are fantastic movies they're a little long but they do feel like they're focusing on people who um are older right yeah. like i mean paul rudd and leslie mann are not in their 20s uh, paul rudd might be we're not really sure that yeah like who knows he, he's been like 27 <laughs> for the last 50 yeah. years that's uh uh there's the guy who was in swim fan whatever that guy's name yeah is, who yeah all, who always looks like he's constantly 18 yeah um but i you're i think you're absolutely right i think these uh, crazy stupid love, I think, feels yeah. like it's, it's dealing with older with people older. But what I like about that is, not only do you get, you kind of get like the, the well, you late twenty like generations. Or, yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. and you get it all, and it all works. Um, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Is the this this genre of mo- of film kind of has gone away. Or yeah. it's gone the the raunchy comedy route, right? Like the Hangover is, you know, mid thirty year old guys on a on an adventure, like a bunch of bros on an adventure. Where I, what I do kind of wish is I bridesmaids. I think yeah. Um, Marriage I do story. Kind of, yeah, Mar- oh man, that movie. I love Marriage Story. Do you? I I yeah. enjoy some of it. Some of it gets a little too real. <laughs> oh. uh, but I think it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Maybe it's it, it to me that's on like the level of this is such a weird comparison like Schindler's List where it's like I don't need to watch that again. I'm glad that I watched it, but I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, need, I don't, I don't need to mean. go back and revisit that. Yeah. Um. But it, you know, as a as a father of two girls. I do kind of wish that there are more um, movies kind of centered on the the female perspective of like that world of friendship and uh, where I feel like a lot of it is centered around men. Yeah. You know, and that's okay for the most part. I think, you know, I'm not saying that like you have to have a male lead. You must do this. But I do, you know, I took my kid to see um Dear God, it's me. Margaret. 
Margaret. Thank you. Yeah. And I remember watching that with her and like she wasn't having any reactions, but I was like, I'm having reactions. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like what a, you show emotion, child. But um, I like those kind of movies. I do think like coming up book smart, I think is a great one. Um, Just coming of age stories or even stories based um, for women. Like these these kinds of movies, but based but given a, a a woman's perspective, I think that would be really interesting. And Bridesmaids, I think, is a great example of exploring those relationships and friendships that change. And you know, maybe Kristen Wiig doesn't want to lose her best friend to the other cooler best friend in Rose Byrne. Um, but yeah, like I I, I kind of wish that there was more of that, just and more of this in general, like more of this genre in general. Yeah, getting back to telling like real stories. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to co-sign everything you're saying. I mean, because in, in, in real stories that like I want to see like on like a big screen or at least like yes. have that like theatrical, you know, sh- veneer to it because, you know, like this movie was shot by Janusz Kaminski, Spielberg's it guy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this movie just like, I mean, it's not that they do anything like that wild and crazy, but it's it a great looks- looking movie looks yeah it looks like a real movie it looks like locations i find whenever i watch movies these days i'm like oh wow they actually went there and shot this it wasn't just <laughs> in some some parking lot in georgia yeah and that's one of the things i love about the dark night the dark night is yeah that movie feel like sh- it's shot in chicago it feels yeah. like they're in a city yeah which I, which I love um yeah and like it this feels like it was shot in like real homes real office mm-hmm. buildings real streets and you know, like Kaminsky, I'm, like Kaminsky, I, of course he's like, you know, he's a master or whatever, but like, I find his work with Spielberg can get a little samey. Um, okay. But I, okay. not, in a, not in a way that I like, oh, I hate them, but just like, I kind of want Spielberg to like mix it up and get like a Hoyt or something. Okay. I got um, you. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, I find that like Kaminsky's work in this movie is just so natural. It's so pleasant. It's so like, just it like feels ho- grounded, home- yeah, homey. Grounded, like, yes, grounded is the great way to put it. And maybe it's just the fact that like this movie is just like one of those like movies from like the, I'm finding myself having a lot of nostalgia for the '90s because like I guess I'm you know now I'm in my mid 30s. So, sure, like, sure, sure. <laughs> and so now I'm like, oh yeah, like landlines. Like there's something romantic about landlines to me. I, just like waiting by the phone for you know. Uh, and your answering machine to like ring. telling your telling your your sibling to get off the phone because you're yeah, waiting for a person yeah. to call right um and so uh because i realized my parents don't have a landline anymore and i'm like Same. wow I, I, what I, a... nope <laughs> do you remember do you, do you still yeah. do you still remember your old number oh yeah yeah same same, same. um i i'll never forget it yeah and um yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so I, I find this, like, this movie just has this, like, glow to it. Um, and for yeah. some of it is just, like, the actors are just so, I mean, they're beautiful, of course, but it, it's not just their looks, but it's just their, like, I don't know, they're just, they're just stars, you know, like Renee Zellweger, like, I'm such a fan of hers, especially, like, this movie, Chicago, oh my god, Chicago is, like, such a me uh, movie from high school. It is, I am not a musical guy, <laughs> but I won't, I won't yuck your yum. No, I, I appreciate that. Um, but, like, yeah, so, um, yeah, these, like, it's just great to, like, have these, like, two actors who are just, like, top of their game, like, you know. I mean, firing all, firing all yeah. cylinders. 
And yeah. that is them, but like Regina King and Cuba Gooding Jr. and Don Lib. Regina King, who I love that has had like a recent like resurgence. Yeah. Man, Watchmen, if you haven't watched it, is oh, on another level. And I know She's the Snyder wild. the Snyder movie is what it is. Like I, you know, I am not a huge Zack Snyder fan, but I do appreciate that movie. Yeah. Um as a comic no, book but guy. The, the miniseries like just feels like much more like intellectual much more like yes. thoughtful better looking it's, it is better uh, it's tough because i do think Zack snyder has a really good visual style i enjoy like the visuals yeah. of his movies i don't really like the content but sometimes he does shots that are really cool like that shot of the comedian like getting thrown out the window i think is pretty great um yeah. but to me, the Watchmen TV show captures more of what Alan Moore was doing. And this is gonna, this is a weird derailment. Sorry. Uh, the, derailment. The, okay, good, good, good. Uh, captures more of what Alan Moore was doing in the comic than the Zack Snyder one, if that makes sense. It, yeah. the, the TV show definitely feels more like a sequel to the actual comic book than Zack Snyder's. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched the Snyder movie in, in a long time, uh, but. I really it's like fun. the the miniseries, and I it's fantastic. She's amazing in it. She's amazing in it, and um, I was just looking while you were. Um, I was just looking just now of like, she's won four Emmys for like recently, right? Like, like it's like it's, it's happened. Yeah, like a show, American Crime, which I don't really remember. Uh, something oh, called Seven that... Seconds, which I also don't remember. Is Ameri- she... American Crime isn't the? It's not the Ryan Murphy one. It's like a different. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. okay. But she's like really, I mean, of course, she won an Oscar a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, she's, and like, I imagine this was one of her first, first big time roles, yeah. for sure. And she's, I mean, she's incredible. And she's so, like, um, so personable, so charming, so, like, you know, strong. I mean, yeah, it's really, yeah. I really can't complain about anyone in this movie. I mean, I feel like they're all just, I even even it's funny I was as I was watching it last night when there's a scene where I'm trying to think of where he goes but he's talking to a guy with like long hair and a beard like a guy working behind a counter yeah and it's Jerry Cantrell who is the basis for Allison Chains oh, and I'm wow. like what is happening in this movie like why <laughs> is Jerry Cantrell in this I had to look it up I was like I'm pretty sure that's who this is yeah um, um Lucy Liu's cameo is really funny yes, that was crazy yeah um okay I had to talk Eric about Stoltz because, is in this movie yeah Eric Stoltz <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Marty I, McFly. I have to talk about that scene when like they show him that video of his ex-girlfriends and it's they're all just like you have yeah. no heart. Yes. Like, what kind of deal is this? <laughs> it's just, I, like it's I couldn't so tell funny. if like this was supposed to be a joke, but it's just like that's really mean. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure individually they thought they were being funny, but all collected together. I'm like, why would you even show this on his, his birthday yeah. or whatever? It was, it was his bachelor party, wasn't bachelor it? Bachelor party, right, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, so, and like Lucy Liu, again, like someone like out of nowhere, like, wow, you became so famous after this. She was, I mean, like, I remember seeing her in uh, whatever that Antonio Banderas, Woody Harrelson movie was, where they were boxers. I have no idea what play that it is. to the bone. I think. Oh, is the name okay. of it. Um, but I mean, yeah, Charlie's Angels and then Kill yeah. Bill and um, I think she was. If you've never seen Elementary, oh yeah, um, I watched a few things of that. It was really good. Oh man, she was great. She was yeah. so good in that. That's a that's an underrated little. The problem with that movie or that TV show is it came out 
at the exact same time as the Cumberbatch Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, what do you come on? Johnny Lee Miller is not gonna he's good, but he's not Benedict He's on Benedict. Yeah. Um, you know, Jerry Maguire, of course, has a lot of like famous scenes, famous lines. Like, what are some of your favorite like what's your favorite <laughs> line for the movie and like your favorite scene or, or That's moment? a great question. I think <laughs> I the reference okay. The reference I use the most is the I'm not gonna flip out or anything. <laughs> like that is one that I use I I, I do yeah. that fairly often. Um I really do I think my favorite scene is that scene in the kitchen when they have sex for the first time and he walks yeah. out uh and he's just very confident, but he's also very sweet, right? Yeah. Like he's not a dick. He kinda like I said, he throws the guff right back at Bonnie Hunt. Um, he kisses Renee Zellweger on like the cheek and he goes and sits down and has Apple Jacks with Jonathan Lipnicki. Yeah. Um, I, th- I love that scene. And and then it just, cause that's another one that just feels very real. And also the scene, you know, where he walks in on the, the man hating divorcee club and pours his heart out and, and doesn't, what I appreciate about that is he doesn't care. He doesn't care yeah. who's around. He knows that he loves this woman and it, it doesn't matter to him. So he's just gonna say whatever he says in front of anyone, and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what that's. I think those one are the of two my that favorite. Like, yeah, that's one of my favorite like romantic confession scenes. It's a great, so one. perfect, and like I, I think you know, you had me at hello. It was like, I think uh, of course, like that's yeah. I think that. Yeah. Um, I was just reading before we uh, we hopped on that like Renee Zellweger was like she had a lot of trouble like delivering it because she like says she didn't understand like what. Like what Cameron Crowe wanted, like what what oh. that line was supposed to mean. Like I think she it was like, um, I mean I don't know like what the context was of what she said that because it was some Wikipedia it could have just been like some like funny story who told on the sure, sure, or sure. whatever. But um, it's but it's such a like it's it's, it's such a uh, it's such a perfect line. And you know what this movie I had. I had that on a t-shirt that I bought from Target nice, when nice. I was like 15 years old. I remember, cause I remember wearing it to um, my driver's ed class. So this okay, is even like okay. years and years after the movie came out. Like I, I was, yeah, 15 or 16. And I remember being like, oh yeah, that's such a like, I love that line from Jerry Maguire. Not really even like remembering the movie that much. Sure, sure, sure. I randomly had it. Um, and you was, still uh, you still have that shirt, don't you? I, I wish you I did, know. but unfortunately, I grew out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have shirts that I probably should have thrown away that I grew yeah. out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's such a great line, and I think even like "Show me the money," which is like, of course, like the classic line. But oh, show, that yeah, that's is a, so uh, that is iconic. It's so funny. Yeah, um, I think the, the "Show me the money" one. Um, you complete me, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you had me in hello. Like it, it's it, it, there. I cannot. There's there are very few movies that I think have that many iconic lines. That I mean that that I think that they ha- I think show me the money and you had me a hello are going to last forever. Yeah, I think those are two lines. You know, are 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 they on the level of uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Probably not. But they're in the same ballpark. Um, okay, do you want to guess how much money oh, this no. movie made at the box office? Only Let's because it's, it's like it's so wild to think about a movie like this making this much money in 1996 dollars. Yeah, I should look up the inflation. 
let's see. I'm going to say three. Oh, man, that seems like a lot for 1996. Um, 142, 142 million. Um, um, it may have run that much in in North America, but <laughs> internationally it made another $120. So actually it made 153, or sorry, $154 million. In hey, North Price America. is Right rules. I win. Yeah. And yeah. $120 million internationally. So it was about 200, almost $275 million. That's a massive hit. And I'm just, 96. I'm just, doing, just doing the calculation for yeah. inflation. Uh, um, please wait while I fill all this in, in the inflation calculator. That would be, um, wait, why can I read this? Uh, $538 million oh in 2023, which is like so more than money. like, I think that's like more than like dead reckoning made. I think you're probably right. <laughs> in, yes. That's so much money, but I, you know, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the, on the other show. Oh, it's actually just a little bit less than dead reckoning. Still, which means, still, still, it's close enough. Yeah. I, you know, I remember so I'm a kid of the eighties and nineties. Um, I was in high school in 96. So, and one of the things that we used to do is like, if we didn't have anything to do on a Friday night, we'd go to the movies. Yeah. And I don't, and that's not a thing anymore in 2023. That is no longer a thing. So, you know, you would go and see whatever, you know, for with me and my buddies, we would see whatever, like, action movie or horror movie was coming out at the time. I got a bunch of five dudes weren't going to see Jerry Maguire. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm like, I feel like you're protesting too much. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There was like the, the girl, the girl I wanted to date was like, let's watch Jerry Maguire. I was like, fine. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Um, but that's what I, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't, I yeah. and, and, and theaters have priced themselves out of that. You know. Well, yeah, that and like, you know, of course, like the streaming, I mean, like, just like the other day, like I, my mom and I were like, should we go see a movie? And then there was like nothing that we liked playing. And then we just watched something on, you know, on TV right? or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's I, like back then, yeah, if nothing was playing, you still went. And like, I think there's some better options, of course, too. That's also true. That's also true. Um, but yeah, you would find something in the theater and you'd go with your buddies yeah. and you'd have, a, you know, you go see a movie. Um and yeah, Titanic, I, or were you too seen, cool for school? I, I've never seen Titanic. Oh my gosh, never! And I think James Cameron. I love James Cameron. With I mean, I could do without Avatar, but I think uh, Terminator and Terminator Two and Aliens and True Lies. Uh, you know, I think those are perfect action movies. Um, but I have, and, and Tom on real spoilers, gives me shit all the time. He's like, it's not just the romance. It's there's a giant ship that breaks in half. And it's like, you know, it turns into this action disaster movie, like, it, you know, halfway through it. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never seen Titanic. Because like, that was another movie that I remember people seeing like over and over. Oh, again. I, like, I mean, was... I, I was too young, but I definitely saw that in theaters. That was 97. Yeah, I was eight. And I went it with my, was my a school. You couldn't get away from it. It was everywhere. Yeah. And then you had the Celine Dion song, and yeah. it was just, it was on another level. That movie was that that movie. 
I don't even know what you would compare it to today. Endgame, maybe. Yeah. That Endgame. you know that everybody I mean, Barbie, saw. Barbie, I guess. Barbie's a good one. Barbie's would a great example. One. Yes, because that that one just stuck around. Yeah, that yeah, one. That's... Yeah, that was another one where it was like, oh yeah, let's. I know people who were like, oh, we'll just go see Barbie because there's nothing else to do. Which makes sense, and yeah. they should have. More people should have gone to see it to make make more money. Yeah, that movie was amazing. Um, I'm sure it'll get re-released around Oscars time, without question. That and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, any kind of last thoughts or things you want to bring up that we didn't touch upon? Um. Any favorite like needle drops in the movie? Uh. Yes. Uh. Free Fallen is one of my it's still like it has always been one of my favorite songs so like when he's flipping around on the radio and he can't find a song that he knows the words to uh yeah. but he just happens to find free fallen and it's just two words like he doesn't know the other words it's just the two that he knows um yeah. uh, but i think that's the good needle drop that i like um i you know i i keep thinking that in your eyes by peter gabriel but i think it's, that was just in the trailer doesn't say anything it is, but I feel like that uh, the trailer for Jerry Maguire may have had in your eyes in the trailer, but not in the okay. movie. Yeah. So I was thinking I kept waiting for it to show up, but I was like, oh, but it is absolutely say anything. Uh but yeah, I think free fallen. What about you? Um I don't I don't know. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to pick. A lot of songs that I don't quite like there's songs that I like I know from just like yeah. osmosis, but um, I don't really even listen to these artists, to be honest. That's fair. That's um, fair. That's fair. I, uh, I mean, the thing is, for me, it's like I, I think like, you mentioned James Gunn earlier, and I, I think Cameron Crowe is like the godfather of this, or maybe it's Scorsese, yeah. but like the two of them are just like they know like the perfect song for every moment. Isn't and it weird like, that Scorsese hard. like has that, like that he has the even for an older dude like has yeah. that ability to like hit you with some uh, Tarantino's another one, yeah, that I think yeah. is a is amazing at it. And like I, I don't have that kind of like musical knowledge. Like, I would be an awful musical music supervisor. Because um, if I were to do that for a movie, it'd just be like all Beyonce. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, just but, just put on Beyonce. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll find a track. It's, we'll it's find cool. A track. She's got a large library. Yeah, I mean she does. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I feel like even if I don't like recognize the songs, like I still like the vibe the like the lyrics yeah. the, like the the music it just all fits and so it's it, not an it, easy it, thing it's not an easy thing to really do hard, to, yeah to find i mean yeah. james gunn i think is a is a master at it yeah to you know the the sam cook song from guardians i think is it's yeah. it's a song that i don't think people would recognize but man does it work in that scene yeah you know like it's it's incredible um yeah well there's um anything else you want to touch upon um no i think we did a good job yeah uh well thank you so much please let the listeners know where they can find you about your podcast and oh for sure else for you sure. are working on that you'd like to share uh so you can follow real spoilers that's real with two e's like a movie reel uh you can follow us on any of the social medias we're all over the place um also any of the podcast networks whether it's stitcher not stitcher don't do that one that's gone um uh, apple podcasts all that good stuff we're, we're all over the place uh just search real spoilers real with two e's and basically uh manesh has been on uh a couple times right yeah oh no just for no hard feelings just no hard feelings okay the summer um the one that i wasn't on 
That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You took my spot, which I appreciate. Um, so yeah, we, we, it's basically just like this. It's a, it's a discussion. It's, it's three dudes sitting around talking about movies. Um, Kevin, Tom and myself have been doing it since 2013. Um, so you can follow us there. You can, uh, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash real spoilers. We're for $5 a month. You get all of the regular stuff. Plus, um, my buddy, Matt and I, there's a lot of horror elements on that one. Matt and I have tried to turn that into a horror movie podcast. Kevin came in and did some of the, the MCU phase one came out before real spoiler started. So we're going back and covering, uh, up to the very first Avengers. Uh, I think we're up to Thor, the dark world, I think is where we are. Oh, wow. I think, um, so you can follow us there. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Joey Butts, J-O-E-Y-B-U-T-T-S 21. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at the same name. Yes, definitely do that. Real Spoilers is great. Uh, thank you, you guys so just much. celebrated thank you, thank you. your 10th anniversary. We did. We uh, did. Which crazy. is just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're creeping up there. We're, we're old. We're and old. yeah, there's definitely a long and wonderful back catalog. Just um, don't listen to anything in like the first three years. <laughs> seven, seven, go back seven years. I think I started years. in 20, January 2017, I remember. Oh, man. I think I okay. started okay. with like Passengers and Arrival. Okay, so we had figured it out by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was Dan, and I think Dan was still on the show then too, I right? think so, yeah. Yeah. And that was when yeah. you guys did like separate box office. We did. Yeah, we, I just enjoyed those. Our episodes were like, I don't know, two two and a half hours long we're like we can't do this like this is ridiculous yeah um i've had both uh tom and and kevin on tom was for licorice pizza and excellent uh, he man he loved that movie yeah and kevin was on for my fair lady um and that that is right up kevin's alley yeah <laughs> yeah you picked so. the right movies for the right the right dudes for the right movies good call yeah so uh, check those out and of course i was on for no hard feelings which was yes, a lot I of fun absolutely appreciate um, yeah i just yeah you guys are great and i hope you guys thank you so much thank you forever thank you. Oh, all right maybe um, not forever <laughs> we can start getting paid then we can do it yeah, forever yeah. um you can find me on twitter at vertigay 314 um also follow the podcast at it pod to be you and remember to rate review and subscribe to the show um uh next next episode we're doing uh she's the man with amanda Bynes, which is another high school favorite so That'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, th- thanks for listening, and Joe, thanks for being here. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me on. It was a good time. Thank you again. Thank you.